is recovering from a circumcision, and Hashem um, doesn't want him to have guests, doesn't want him to have paint, have to take care of guests. Page you test. And uh, Hashem um, makes it hotter so that no one will disturb him. Then Hashem sees Avram has pain. So Hashem uh, sends these three people, or angels dressed like people, to Avram so he could do the mitzvah of having guests. And, and Avram goes in the middle of his conversation with Hashem to go greet the guests and teaches us, us, teaches us the principle that it's more important to take care of guests than to greet the Divine Presence Himself. So what's peculiar about this is a couple of things, as we'll see in this, in this uh, last segment of the Febrengen, um, something that, that uh, right away comes up is he was, they weren't even guests in the first place. So, so they were just uh, angels. So what was the point of Hashem causing Aram to do something which seems wasn't even real? So let's go right to it. So Hashem um, changes nature, and He sends the angels who were meant to go to Avraham. Avraham used to sing angels. He sends them in the, the guise of men because Avraham felt bad he did not have tests, and therefore the angels that were supposed to come anyways, because the angels had to do three missions to inform Sardis would have a child and to destroy the city of Sodom and to heal Avram, they were meant to come anyways. What was unique was that God sent them in the guise of men. Because Avram thought that they were men, uh, he was able to do the mitzvah of welcoming guests. And the Gemara learns from this, it's more important to welcome a guest than to greet the Divine Presence. So Avram asks Hashem to wait for him, he has to go greet the guests. Why? Because it's more important to greet guests than to greet Hashem. So the way you read the story, Avram didn't actually do a mitzvah. They weren't really people. They were just angels that don't need to eat. So it wasn't really a mitzvah welcoming guests. And even if you say the opinions, there are different opinions about what they actually did in Avram's house. Did they eat or did they just pretend to eat? Even if you say they actually ate, they only ate because of the honor of Avram. They didn't need to eat. So, or they ate because the Torah says when you go into a place, you have to do the custom of that, that place or the honor of Avram, whatever it was, but they didn't really need to eat. Other people says they, need, they, they didn't even pretend, they just pretended to eat. But even if you say they actually ate, it wasn't because they needed the food, it was just because of the honor of Avram, or because when you go to a city, you're supposed to, um, supposed to act in the manner of that city. So it wasn't really um, welcoming guests. So the question is, why did God change nature for something which wasn't even real? It comes out that Avram wasn't really allowed to leave Hashem and to go greet the guests. Why not? Why wasn't he allowed to go? Because they weren't really guests. If you're greeting guests, then you're allowed to leave Hashem's presence to greet guests. What if you think they're guests and they aren't guests? So you could say, well, Avram didn't know, it was an accident, but the Gemara says, like that a tzad never makes a mistake, especially a tzad the level of Avinu, who is a chariot to God's will beyond a regular level of tzaddik. So how could it be that Avram made this mistake? Let's say you would discover one day, you would read somewhere in the Torah, that Avram gave charity to people who were undeserved, people who did not, uh, people you're not supposed to give charity to. So you would right away wonder, well, how is it possible that Avram did that? Even by accident, he's a tzaddik. And here it's worse, because 
if you give tzedakah to those who you're not supposed to give tzedakah to, okay, there are there's there's there is still there's a preference of who is supposed to receive your tzedakah first, but it's still tzedakah. Here, Avram didn't do it all the midst of welcoming guests. So how could it be that the Torah, which is the Torah of truth, tells us something which is true? It's you're, it's more important to welcome a guest than to welcome Hashem. How could we learn something which is true for something which wasn't true? Avram did something which is which which was seemingly against the halacha. He he left Hashem's presence for the sake of people which weren't which weren't really guests. So how could Avram do something that is against halacha? And we learn from this thing that he did, which was against halacha, that we're supposed to welcome guests even in the, and to prefer that even when we're, so to speak, welcoming the Shekhinah. So we have to say, that although Avram thought they were guests, that they were people, uh, and they weren't actually people, he, we have to say that his welcoming of the guests was real. There was something that, was, that he did that was actually uh, legitimate, and it was actually... Ah, Shalom Aleichem. So, for listeners who just tuned in, what, we, what, what we've discovered is like this. Abraham Avinu is in the middle of talking to Hashem and he goes to greet these guests. You cannot say that he was doing something which wasn't real. You can't say that he was leaving Hashem's presence because he thought he was having guests and they weren't really guests. Because if so... Hashem made a miracle, and Hashem caused these angels to look like people for, for no reason. Let's pretend that, he, let's give him something that, that looks like he'll, he'll be not really be doing a mitzvah. It can't be. It can't be that Hashem is, is giving Abraham something that isn't real. We learn halacha from this. We learn that's more important to greet guests than, 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 than to greet the Shekhinah. How can we learn that from something which isn't real? How come Hashem is making a miracle for something which isn't real? I remember there's a discussion about chinuch, um, about education. Um, let's say you, you want to give your child a lul of an esik, right? Do you have to give them a kosher lul of an esik in order to do the mitzvah, in order to educate the mitzvah lul of an esik? The mitzvah chinuch, what's educating your child? Do you have to give them a real one? They, they sell them the store chinuch sets. Chinuch sets means they're not kosher. So, <laughs> the question is, is that, is that correct or not? So there's a discussion among different achrayim. One opinion is, is, is to get people, get your children, accustomed to performing mitzvahs. So you have to give them something which will get them in the um, routine of doing it. It doesn't have to actually be a mitzvah. Other opinion is, no. Chinuch is about getting them accustomed to doing a mitzvah. So it's not a mitzvah, you're not, getting, you're not accustoming them into anything. And therefore, the, the, the even the, the sets you get for your child has to be a kosher set. That's why... Um, there's all discussion about um, uh, giving your child a, a Luvanesrik as a gift. Once you give it to your child, you can't take it back because the children are only able to receive, they're not able to, not able to give it back. So, so you can't give your child your Luvanesrik. Can you, can you not give it to him as a gift? And, and he'll think it's as a gift? So according to this, no, you can't because if they're accustomed to a real mitzvah, if it's your Luvanesrik, then he's not, he's not doing the mitzvah. So on that note, we'll see a similar um, approach that I begin to this discussion. And we'll see, as Rebbe says, how the reveal parts of Torah and the inner dimension of Torah sink completely, how it's really one Torah. And what we learned earlier this week will actually give us insight in the halacha, in the performance of Avram of welcoming the guests. What do we learn earlier this week? 
Avraham and Yaakov, they fulfill they fulfill God's commandments in a spiritual way. Says they fulfilled the Torah before it was given, but what they actually do, they did it in a spiritual way. They didn't do it in a physical way. How do they know they didn't do it in a physical way? For example, mitzvah of putting on tefillin. Do you say they put on tefillin? And the tefillin says how God took us out of Egypt. So you can't say that they did the actual mitzvah of tefillin physically because there was no there's no there's no Egypt. So and, and it's also clear that they didn't um, they didn't do so they did mitzvah spiritually. Mitzvah tefillin, for example, again. We find that the Zohar says that when Yaakov Avinu was peeling this, this, these sticks in Parshas of Yetzay, he was accomplishing the same thing as we do when we put on film. But those sticks didn't remain holy. Those sticks we throw now. It actually says it's hard to say that there was nothing that was changed in those sticks. It must be something changed. Yaakov Avinu must be something that, that, that changed. But nevertheless, the main impact of Yaakov was spiritual, and he just did an action physically that mirrored what he was doing spiritually. He was drawing down something spiritual, and he didn't, couldn't bring that spirituality to the physical sticks he was, that he was uh, drawing the uh, spiritual energy to. Um, it, it, there's a similar concept of Chassidus called Levyasa. You know, Levyasa is the fish we're going to eat with Mashiach Lekem, but Chassidus talks about two kinds of souls. There's souls called Levyasa and souls called Shur Haber. To Mashiach Lekem, it says we're going to eat the ox and we're going to eat the fish, and Chassidus says that the ox and the fish are connected to two kinds of tzaddikim. The ox represents tzaddikim whose main focus is in the physical world. They do, they do physical things, physical mitzvahs. And the fish, those who swim in the sea, represent those souls whose main focus is not to, to um, make an impact in the physical world, but to swim in the spiritual. Just like a fish is submerged in the water, so do these souls are submerged in their divine energy. So just like when you look at the water, you don't see the fish, you just see the source, you just see the, you see the water. So too there are souls which, for them, the first reality is their divine source in them. They, they, they don't feel themselves to exist, they feel just their divine source. So Shimba Yechai, for example, he was not level. So he didn't actually eat matzah. He didn't eat matzah on Pesach. It says in the Gemara that he was in a cave, and what he had, he had a carob tree. You can't make carob matzah. So... How do you do the mitzvah of, of, of matzah? I do have many, many mitzvahs couldn't do. Kiddush, many mitzvahs couldn't do. So his neshama, says the writes in Parsha Shemini, that his soul was a kind of soul. And he, he wasn't about, um, he, drew, he, he, he was able to draw down into the world things without doing the physical mitzvah. That's his, that's what his, his soul was, was meant to do. So in a similar note, Aruch and Yaakov were similar, not exactly the same as the Levyasin kind of souls. Because Levyasin souls did, don't do any physical actions. Aruch and Yaakov did do physical actions, but their focus wasn't the physical actions, their focus was the spiritual engagement that they were trying to achieve while they were doing the physical actions. I think of this like, maybe, like, davening and saying the words out loud. What's the point of saying the words out loud? So Tanya says, you're supposed to say the words out loud, because you want to draw down the God of Godly energy into the physical world. You, you want to bring it to your whole body. You want to bring it to the world. But to say the words of davening makes impact the physical world. Before the Torah was given, was there a point in davening out loud? Was a point in saying the words? So what do you want to say? When you say the words out loud, it helps you concentrate more. So it's not just about your, your physical impact in the world. It also helps you think better. So by Amitzin Yaakov, it wasn't, the focus wasn't on the physical impact of the world. The folk, they did physical actions, but the focus was how that will bring them to more spiritual 
they did things physically, but it was the focus wasn't the physical action. It was only that their actions were Their deeds empower their children after giving the Torah. So they weren't able to actually draw down into the physical world, but they did um, empower us to do the same thing. So that's why their mitzvahs didn't have to really be exact with a specific formula uh, that our mitzvahs have to be. Our mitzvahs have to have to be square and that have to be black and they, have, they didn't have to follow such a specific formula. Abram's using, Yaakov is using sticks to the mitzvah to because his focus on the physical action wasn't to impact the physical world. That's what we do after getting the Torah. Their, their mitzvah is just to be a sign. It's a simon. Something that is a sign for their children, something that, that paves the way for us to impact the physical world. But they weren't actually impacting the physical world. They were just making a sign for us to do it. You hear the difference? They, they, they weren't impacting the physical world. They were making a step towards our ability to, make, to impact the physical world. It was a sign. It's a sign. We find a similar thing even after giving the Torah. It says it in the, in the, in the Torah and Tanakh about Yendav Yechezkel. Hashem told Yechezkel, lie down on your right side. Yechezkel, lie down on your left side. Yechezkel, um, take, um, pretend you're going out on a trip to exile and, and hold on to things that you'll need to, if you go out to exile. Yechezkel isn't going, is, is getting a prophecy from Hashem. In order that a prophecy should actually be manifest in the physical world and it should have an impact, there has to be a, a phys, there has to be something done physically for, for it to be drawn down. Everyone's told, uh, Dr. Zelikson, by Simple Stereo for bringing, in the middle of our caucus actually, that was said to, ever gave him from his cake and wine. Something from Rebbe, I remember it was cake and wine, something, I don't remember. And Rebbe said, it says in the Gemara, that the Koinim eat the sacrifices, and the owners of the sacrifice get an atonement. So Rebbe was basically saying he's a doctor, so he should eat from the Rebbe's uh, cake or wine, whatever it was, and that will bring a, 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 a healing to his patients. Koinim eichum ba'amus chafim. The Koinim eat, and the owners are, are the owners of the sacrifices have an atonement. Eat you, you. It's not the same thing, but the, the, another Jew named uh, Rabbi Tiffenbrain, who was, who, was, who was an incredible artist, David told him to put, to put into his paint, uh, to put into his paint from the wine of Keshav Bracha, I think. Uh, David, Dr. Zalkson said something similar, told him to put in his medicine, I don't remember what it was. Anyways, so, so, so there had to be something. Uh, just just to, to open our ears to, to this concept a little bit, I, I think the first time that the Rebbe, um, that was the first time, but it was, it was something that, that changed the relationship between uh, Dr. Zalkson and the Rebbe's uh, instructions to him was the following story. The Rebbe, was, was, uh, Rebbe asked him if a certain patient is any way he could be healed. And he said, no. He went back into his room and asked him again. Is there, he understood the answer has to be yes. <laughs> and many times, the Rebbe would send people not to a doctor as a friend, but to Dr. Zelikson. He ever wanted the, the, the divine blessing that's miraculous to come through the garments of nature. So, okay, so, so, so he'll be the doctor that, that okays whatever the Rebbe um, wants to bring down to the world. 
friend of mine, he, he had a, 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 a issue with his with his skin, and he asked, uh, it was Rabbi Glitzenstein, uh, he, he, his, his father asked for a bracha for him, never said, um, ask a doctor as a friend. So he goes over to one of his friends, he says, listen, whatever you say is going to work. Make this easy. So, so his friend says to him, okay, he should, he should, he should rub himself, rub his skin with oil, it'll go away. And, and uh, Baruch Hashem, so, so, it's, so in order for the prophecy of Hashem to have a manifest physical impact, so Hashem tells a prophet to do something. Yecheskel didn't have to actually go into exile. He's in a comfortable place. He's not in exile. He has to hold on to the to tools that you would use to go into exile. He had to. He had to. The, the exile wasn't happening right away. The exile was happening years and years later. So, to, regarding what Avinus and Yaakov were doing, they had to do something physically. But why they do something physically? Just to be a sign for us. They didn't have to actually impact the physical world in the similar way that our mitzvahs do, and therefore they don't have to follow a very specific formula. Hashem told Abraham, walk around Israel, walk to the length of the land and the width of the land, walk around Israel, and that will empower your children to conquer the land of Israel. He, he didn't actually conquer the land of Israel. It was just an example of the later conquering land of Israel. He had to make a sign for it. So to learn the mitzvahs that others did, they empower our mitzvahs. They had to be done physically because they're assigned for us. However, number one, the focus wasn't to impact the physical. It wasn't their focus. It was just to be assigned. And therefore, it wasn't so important the details of what they did. So now let's go back to Avram Inu's welcoming the guests. Avram had to do physical... He had to, he had to do a physical action of welcoming guests. He had to slaughter the, the cows and he had to prepare the food for them. Why? Because he's empowering us to do a physical action. But nevertheless... Regarding Avram's activity, he had to do something that's physical. Regarding the impact on the angels, they have to be physical. He had to engage in doing the act of welcoming the guests. What happens with the foods that he's occupied with, that doesn't matter. That's not the main thing. Whether they actually go to the guests or not, doesn't matter. His activity of welcoming the guests is what's important. Therefore, although they looked like, they like people, and they weren't really people, they were just angels. Nevertheless, what was, what was going on inside Avram? Abraham Aminu had a feeling of kindness. He wanted to do kindness for them. And therefore, he did actions of welcoming them, physically. So his activity empowered his children to, um, to do the same thing. So nothing was missing. It, wasn't, it, was, it was true. It was there. It was real. And even if you say that, well, he didn't actually welcome the guests, and he, he left the Divine Presence to go do this, why would he leave the Divine Presence to do something which wasn't real? Well, his level of seeing Divine Presence was equal to his welcoming the guests. In other words, it was before giving the Torah. So you couldn't really welcome the Divine Presence in the way that could be possible after giving the Torah. It's like Yankel. Yankel comes into a bakery and he says, can I uh, smell the bread? And the baker says, you're not buying anything here? I just want to smell the bread. I just want to hang it. You want to pay. He says, hold the dollar. Say, look at the money. If I'm just smelling the bread, you just look at the money. In a similar <laughs> way, Lahavdil, um, Avram Avinu is not actually welcoming guests, and he's not actually welcoming the Shekhinah the same way it's possible after giving the Torah. So for his welcoming of the Shekhinah, it was for that, what surpassed that was his activity in welcoming guests. Um, so he showed us how to welcome guests in his activity. He was assigned for us, even though it wasn't the same kind of thing. Now, that was something unbelievable. It sounds like so funny when you read this story. 
Hashem didn't know that Am was, was going to have pain from having these guests. And therefore Hashem said, oh, let's make it hot. Oh, he doesn't like it hot. Let me, let me bring them. What's going on? Why didn't Hashem to begin with not make it hot? So Abraham Avinu wouldn't, wouldn't be um, upset in the first place. And he would have regular guests. Maybe it was to keep the other people out of the way so the guests would have an uninterrupted encounter. Interesting. That's not what the Rashi says. Rashi says that Hashem saw he was having pain, and therefore he sent to him uh, uh, the guests, these guests. They just give so, him a mitzvah. And just so, so question Make is, it easy for him to do the mitzvah to alleviate the pain. Well, it wasn't easy. He had to work really well, hard. I know it wasn't easy, but I mean for him... It was easy. Yeah. I mean, you know, rub the oil. You know? ah. For and Abraham, it was just rubbing the oil. Listen to this. Debra says, Avinu had a feeling of kindness, right? right? He had the reason he had this feeling that was so overwhelming, he was in pain, he didn't have guests, that's how his kindness was before. And he enjoyed that, and he did that. But after Hashem appeared him to Avraham, he saw Hashem. That caused the divine source of Avraham. What's the divine source of Avraham? He's a chariot to God's kindness. That was manifest in Avraham. Since it was manifest in Avraham, it was expressed. He wanted to express his kindness. So, so, so he didn't actually, it didn't actually bother him that he couldn't do kindness before. It was only because Hashem appeared to Avram that he bothered him he couldn't express his kindness. It was a result of God appearing to Avram. So that's why the Torah says that Hashem made it hot. He didn't, he, he didn't want him to have pain. And then only after Hashem appeared to him does he have pain. When Hashem he has pain, only after Hashem appears to him, he didn't have pain before. So now we understand why there's relationship between the verse, Ab lifted his eyes, he saw there's guests, and the verse before, God appears to Ab. The reason why there were guests, and the reason why there was a need for guests, is because God appeared to Ab. If God wouldn't appear to Ab, he wouldn't, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't feel bad. It was, it was a revelation of Hashem that made him more active, more, more, more in need to do kindness. It, sounds, it, sounds, it reminds me of like the Rebbe Hashab, who... Um, uh, the previous Rebbe asked Rebbe what do we do after Yom Kippur? What's next? So now it's a start of Yom Because you experience Yom Kippur, you know how much more there is to do. Because I reveal himself to Avram, so then he feels, oh, I need to do kindness. This is not doing enough. Well, where, how can I express my kindness? How can I help someone? So it's, it's similar to what Chassidus says about the various attributes of godliness, that sovereignty is something that's only created by, um, by someone outside of you. In other words, if someone outside of you asks you to become their king, to be their leader, then are you, do you have this feeling of wanting to be a leader? But without someone else, you don't have, that feeling will not be there at all. That's unique to Malchus. The other divine spheres, like Chesed, they, you don't need someone else to arouse that. If you have an attribute of kindness, you, you don't need someone outside of you to feel like Avram. Avram had a feeling of kindness, even though there was no one around to do kindness too. Chesed says because Malchus is Helm Sha'in Metzius and Chas is Helm Metzius. Malchus is, is a sphere which doesn't really exist. It, it exists, but it's, 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 so, um, it, it's such a subtle form, such an a, 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 uh, abstract form, that unless there's someone there asking for it, it's not going to trigger your feeling, I want to be a leader. However, Chesed is something you have inside of you in a very manifest way, and therefore even outside of you, um, uh, it, 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 it's still there. So Avram 
because he had chesed in him, and God reveals himself to Avram, the chesed in him was like, ah, I want to do something. So what's the bottom line? What are we supposed to learn from this? All this we learn that we learn about, about um, how to deal with inspiration. Avram is inspired. Hashem reveals himself to Avram. What does he do? Right away he does something with it. He doesn't just like, oh, I was inspired. That's, that was great. Right away he moves. So similar way there, it says, if you feel that Hashem is inspiring you, Hashem is lifting you up, to right away do something. Otherwise, inspiration will go away. There was a Jew named Reb Ruben Dunin, he used to, he had a very pure heart, and that uh, would show him a lot of And so he was so excited about the Rebbe's affection, somersaults in the middle of the street sometimes. He would just, he was online to eat with other boys, and he, he to, to line for the, for the, you know, everyone's holding up their tray to get food from the, the area of Yeshiva. And he would do a somersault in the middle of the line. Everyone was like, dude, relax. And so he was wondering if it was, was a good thing or not a good thing to do somersaults. That's a good morning. That's what say to love because people should, you, don't want, you don't want to cause people to make fun of you. So was it right or wrong? So he asked the Rebbe. The Rebbe said, once you had some chas Torah, you should do a somersault. The rest of the year, when you feel inspiration, you should translate into learning and the mitzvahs more beautifully. So we have inspiration like Avram to bring it down to something practical. So even though by Avram, his action wasn't real, right? His action wasn't real. It seems his action wasn't real because it weren't actually guessed. So Tulip says by ourselves, even if the thing you're doing doesn't feel so real, do it. That will eventually cause it to become internalized with you. Just like Abraham Binu, he didn't have an opportunity to actually do a mitzvah in a way that will impact the physical world, yet he did whatever he was able to do and then empowered his children to be able to absorb it later to bring godliness to the world in a physical, manifest way after giving the Torah. Then the concludes of Abraham and says like this, interesting. We're in the time of Mincha. time of Mincha time. Mincha is a time of divine grace. As we say in the, in the line before we take out the Torah, on Mincha, on Shabbos, we say, Elakim with your great kindness. What do you mean? Isn't Elakim the name of Hashem which is about justice? Why do we say Elakim with your kindness? And the answer is, on Mincha, such, it's a time of such divine grace that even the name of Hashem, which is about justice, is transformed to kindness. Jeb says, what should we do on Shabbos? Shabbos is similar to the inspiration, which is higher than the world, and days of the week are more about the... Shabbos is, is like Amitz and Yaakov, and the days of the week are like the children. Shabbos is, is the intellect, Days of the week are the emotions. So, in order for Shabbos should have an inspiration, days of the week, the Rebbe says, you have to um, right away connect something on Shabbos with something practically you're going to do, um, and things that you're allowed to do on Shabbos as well. You have to already start. Like I remember one for bringing the Rebbe said, we should do kindness on Shabbos. How so? We should pour another person l'chaim. You, you should do something already. On, you could do tzedakah on Shabbos. You could, you, you could help another year on Shabbos. Why do we do something? To want to bring down the inspiration of Shabbos, which is a, a more of a higher kind of form, it's more spiritual, and, and the days of the week are, are, are compared to the children. Shabbos like the obvious, and the days of the week like the children, the midis, seichel, and midis, so to bring it down, do something practical, days of the week. All right. Shabbos. But uh, you shouldn't stop doing the somersaults. You, you for sure, your somersaults are, are uh, you make it younger for the somersaults. Everyone has different... Uh, so you, you know, it's funny, this, this idea that you connect your